0: Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CVTPFL. It's Friday. It is February 26th. It's 2021. We have nine NBA games to talk about here on today's podcast. We are presented by Monkey Night Fight. They are the fastest growing single player DFS site out there. Get a matching 100% bonus up to $50 on your first deposit. rotogrinderscom partner MKF. Uh, take advantage. Get the free money. They have a ton of stuff going on for NBA. They got PGA, they got some NASCAR stuff, they got NHL stuff, they got a ton of stuff, so make sure you guys are checking them out. I'm joined today by my good buddy, Genie407. Grant, how are you doing, my friend?
1: Yeah, not too bad. We'll see. It's still undecided about how my fantasy night's going to go. I've got a lot of good shots that I should know by the end of the show whether they're going to end up all right or not, but yeah, not doing too bad. Yeah, can't believe February is almost over very
0: very high on the orlando magic um so i know how my fantasy day is going to end up so um, i had a lot of
1: fournier but
0: and like so i had dj augustine too and i swapped dj augustine to to forbes um and dj augustine might actually outscore forbes <laughs> so you just
1: hate that <laughs>
0: you know it is what it is uh let's get into it uh nine games we have a lot of totals we have a lot of injury news and um these are always slates that we can really like kind of get into and talk about so uh what's even more frustrating is like i played zion and Jokic, like and they're both like crushing and it's like i got that right didn't get the magic right we start with the pacers and the celtics 218 and a half total here boston favored by three in this game Levert Warren out Jakar Sampson questionable uh, Marcus Smart remains out for Boston what do you like here uh, for the Pacers
1: I mean I know that Sabonis has been really good recently but I, I feel like that price tag of 10.4k is probably a little bit too high so I don't know if I'll end up going with too much exposure on him on this slate so he's probably a cross off for me I'm not gonna argue with it in terms. he has put up over 50 and four the last five but And put an 80 burger there but price tag just seems a little bit too constricted for me I'm not going to go with it I expect him to end up with about 55 points so not worth it for me Turner probably a cross off McConnell probably a cross off um not going with Holiday Lamb McDermott any of those guys I feel like the one guy that I still think probably has some upside at his price tag although it's just tough to play on the slate when there's so many other guys right around the same same price tag that also have some upside is Malcolm Brogdon he kind of turned things around a little bit. He had a horrible shooting spree, shooting about 35% from the field for a seven-game span, and then he's kind of put it together a little bit over the last three, shooting over 50% from the field, contributing in other areas. He's going to play 40 minutes if this game ends up staying close, or high 30s minutes if this game stays close. So even a tougher match versus uh, Boston, I feel like he definitely has some upside because the volume is absolutely there. Over 20 shot attempts in the last three games now they he's pulled things together. And so I think he can end up with a 50-some-odd point game here in an 8.1K that's a little bit too cheap.
0: Yeah, I think I, – I worry, like I – th- I worry about this game being a little bit slower, but I think this game's going to be, like, super competitive overall. So I, I think, you know, everything that you talked about, I- I'm with you on that. And on the Boston side of things, uh, you know, Kimball Walker at, at 6,200, you know, playing 33 to 35 minutes a night, like – he's probably like the main target for me when it comes to the Boston side.
1: Yep. Yep. No, fully agree with you. Walker's far too cheap here. Tatum's probably priced around where he should be. Can probably get you 50 points at 9.3 K, but he's not getting you a ton more most of the time, especially in a match versus Indy, who's just kind of a little bit better than average defensively middle of the pack in terms of pace. So he's kind of just doesn't make the cut on this slate. Jalen Brown, has been playing all right, but I mean, averaging 40 points over his last 10, not really going to get you more than that in any spot. He hasn't had over 50 in multiple weeks or over a month, I think. So match versus Indy, not really a plus spot, 8.6K, just not getting it done there. I think that Tristan Thompson um, continually continually getting around 26 to 30 minutes every single night at 4.7K offers you a little bit of upside They might End up rolling him out for more minutes considering that they're going up against a bonus and against Turner. So I think the higher end of the twenties is the more likely scenario here. So four point seven K. It's a little bit too cheap of a price tag. He's a decent value play on the slate and one of the more underpriced guys, definitely the most underpriced guy in this game.
0: We move on. We got Houston at Toronto, two nineteen and a half total here. Toronto favored by a seven and a half. Um, you know, Christian Wood remains out, Exum's out. What are we looking at here, you know, with Houston?
1: Well, and Depot with Oladipo back in the game, that kind of crosses out Eric Gordon and Tay for me. Yes, they can always go off for a decent night, night, but more than likely, like the usage of Oladipo coming in there is going to eat into their usage too much. Where they're still priced up enough for if for when Oladipo was out. So I just don't really see them paying off their price tags. It's strictly Wall and Oladipo, and I'm not a huge fan of either of them. Um, they're both fine plays, but you know that John Wall, like his minutes, is always a little bit of a question mark on any given night, especially if this game ends up turning into a blowout, which Houston has not been good over the last 10 games. So if you want to stack this game up, I'm fine with using Wall and Depot. But other than that, I'm probably just fading the Rockets
0: yeah like i I think the big guy big man situation for Houston's kind of a mess. I think to Sean, you know jason Tate is is someone interesting, but like Eric Gordon, Tate, all these guys are playing like right at thirty minutes. Um, it's just hard to trust any of these guys outside of like old Depot and Wall. On the, on the Toronto side of things, you know, Kyle Lowry expected back here. He's only 7K. Um, I think he's somewhat interesting at that price. Uh, friend Van Vliet is a little expensive, but he's always a guy that can kind of go off.
1: Yeah, I mean Siakam, Van Vliet, Lowry, like Siakam, I think the tallest guy over on um Houston that's gonna be in the game, I think, is Jay Shante. I, th- I think he's six foot six. So a little bit of a size mism- mismatch here for um C 65 um, for Siakam, going to be one of the tallest guys on the court outside of when they have Boucher in there. Probably going to throw PJ Tucker on whoever, which is a plus matchup. So I actually think Siakam's probably my favorite play. Him and Lowry. Uh, I know Siakam had a terrible game the last game, but he still offers you 50 point upside. He still contributes in all areas of the floor, and I think that the matchup is good going up against a third ranked pace team that has been better defensively. But I don't know if they're going to be that great going up against the six nine guy. So Siakam's probably my favorite, but I mean, it's Toronto. Like any given night with everyone playing, you're just kind of throwing a dart at Van Vliet, Lowry, and Siakam. And then Boucher just can't fully trust his mints. Maybe he gets a little bit of extra run considering that they're going up against P.J. Tucker at the five. And I don't think he's going to get in foul trouble with that. So, yeah, honestly, like if you want to take a tournament shot on Boucher, hope for a few extra mints. Hope they give him some extra run because they are going up against an undersized team, then I think that he makes an interesting tournament option here tonight.
0: Moving on, we got uh, Phoenix at Chicago, 226 total. Uh, Phoenix favored by five and a half. You know, Hutchinson, Market, and Porter Jr. all still out for Chicago. Phoenix is good to go. Phoenix is playing, you know, some of the best basketball in the NBA right now. Uh, What do you like here for the Suns?
1: Chris Paul. Booker is priced where he should be. Chris Paul's too cheap at 7.5K. It's matchup versus Chicago, one of the faster-paced teams in the NBA, currently fourth. One of the not great uh defensive efficiency teams in the NBA, sitting 18th overall, and they're probably worse than that. Um, so 7.5k. Chris Paul is the only guy that I can really consider over on the Suns. Everyone else is kind of getting getting a or priced where they should be, like bridges, crowder. and 5.4 k like they're not going to give you much upside on any night consistently sarge not going to do too much aiden is 6.8 k just hasn't been putting up massive outings. so occasionally put up a 40 point game but more than off more likely than not he's going to end up with around 25 to 35 points and 6.8 k that's not going to get you done there so chris paul is the guy that's giving you a nice little floor pretty much every single game and he'll give you a legit possibility of 50 points
0: of course i yawn right when you finish um (laughs) chris paul i think would be like my my favorite play here from this this side of the ball i don't hate Devin booker at 8k um you know he he, we know he's someone if he gets hot he can go for 50 plus so I, i think those would be like the two main targets from the phoenix side of things i don't think like i end up on Bridges or any of these other guys I think Bridges is kind of like his price has decreased enough where if you end up on him in, in large field tournaments if you're mmeing or something I think that is where you'd probably end up on Bridges the most on the Chicago side of things we know Zach Levine's usage is just insane right now with Mark and out like he's had some big games he's had some games that aren't great as well. But the guy that I'm looking at here is the guy that I've talked about the last couple games. You know, he's had a great matchup against Houston. He's had a great matchup against Minnesota. And now he gets a matchup with, you know, DeAndre Ayton. I think we look at Wendell Carter Jr. at 5,900.
1: Yeah, he may be a little bit better defensively this year, but he's still not great. Wendell Carter Jr. putting up 40 in the last two. His price tag's moved up a bit, but not a ton. Like, he's still playing low 30s minutes. Um, He's shooting the ball a decent amount. He's getting a ton of boards, and I think there's a spot where he can absolutely contribute, but you're right, it's pretty much Levine and Wendell Carter Jr. White, outside of his big outburst where he shot ridiculous from behind the arc and shot 17 times, hasn't had too many big games. Um, So a tough matchup versus Phoenix, who is above average defensively and isn't playing at a fast pace at all. I don't expect too much out of him. Thad Young, Patrick Williams, it's just... Wendell Carter and Levine, just because Levine's massive usage, you can go off in any given game.
0: Yep. Moving on, we got Sacramento at Detroit, 224.5 total here. Sacramento favored by 1.5. The Kings are on a back-to-back, so we'll be waiting to see, like, injury report for them. And then on the Detroit side, like Griffin's out, Hayes is out, Okafor's out, Wright is out, and Bay is questionable. Um, The Sacramento side here, you know – like it's hard not to like Bagley and Holmes, um, in general. But I think we continue to take shots on like Halliburton.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, take your pick on who to play. Like it's a decent enough total here, not a great spot, but not a terrible spot there. And then second end of a back to back, Bagley got into a little bit of foul trouble I think today, which isn't surprising yeah. going up against Julius Randall. We all kind of expected that as a possibility. But outside of that, he has been playing more minutes recently after they decided to say he was on a minutes restriction and then just playing for 35 minutes. But he's been playing high 20s, low 30s outside that game against New York. And, again, that was just because of foul trouble. So I have no problem with playing him. Halliburton has been playing pretty darn well recently and showing a lot of upside. His price tag hasn't fully adjusted yet. Matchup versus Detroit, he's got a good shot at crushing it tonight. Fox is always in play in tournaments. Holmes, if Whiteside ends up playing tomorrow, like I don't know if he's gonna end up with a ton of minutes, he could, but like not a guy I want to play with. But Harrison Barnes at five point five K, I feel like, is a great tournament play. Um he can't for some reason like you look at his game log and it's absolutely ridiculous. Over the last ten days or ten games, he's had four games over forty and four games under twenty five, two of which he had under twenty. He's not horribly consistent, but He's always in play for tournaments when he's this cheap. He was six point seven k not too long ago. Just put up a forty spot against New York this last night, which is why they kept his price tag even lower. Five point five k is just ridiculous. He's a fantastic tournament play.
0: Um, let's talk Detroit, right? Like this is a spot we love to target big man against Sacramento. Um, is Plumlee too expensive, or no. do? We- Or do we think, like, you think he can crush in the spot, right? Yeah, I mean, he's
1: just put up 49 in the last game going up against New Orleans. He put up 33, which at 6.5K isn't going to crush you. Um, He's had over 40 in multiple games. He had a triple-double not too long ago. It's a terrible defensive team, the Kings. Like, Plumlee is still a great play. Jeremy Grant, he's interesting at this price tag. Um, He hasn't really been contributing, or he had a long spree of not contributing a ton and any peripheral stat and he's kind of gone back to where he should be I think a matchup going up against Sacramento spot where he can get right he's cheaper than he's been in a while at 7.3k in a fantastic matchup where he can realistically put up 35 40 real life points here um so Plumley and Grant are my favorite too I don't mind Jackson especially if Bay ends up missing there's a potential that Jackson ends up getting more run um Dennis Smith jr and Sabin Lee are the tough ones to figure out like I like all these Detroit players because none of them are too heavily priced it's against Sacramento. And I think they have an eight higher implied team total than they have on average this year. And just because Sacramento's the worst defense in the league by a large margin, Dennis Smith's junior got an extended amount of run in the last game. And I think people might be chasing that. I think Saban Lee might be the better play. The ESJ got more run because grant was ruled out. They needed him to create a little bit more, but I think Saban Lee may end up with a decent amount of playing time in this spot, and there's a chance they go with the two-guard lineup. So I favor Lee a little bit, but I think both of them are very much in play for tournaments. Jackson's in play for tournaments. Better play if Bay is ruled out. But I love Lee and I really like here.
0: Yeah, I think it becomes super interesting if Bay gets ruled out um, for what it's worth. I think Jackson would be someone you could potentially look at. I think, like, the minute increase uh, for DSJ against New Orleans the other night is something that we need to be looking at. Like, he played 26 minutes. He got 12 shot attempts up. Like, it was the most um, he's played since he's been traded to this team. So, with Wright out, if Bay is out, too, could we potentially see, like, 30 minutes out of DSJ here? Um, I I I think it's a possibility.
1: I think it's a possibility. I'm just trying to figure it out. I mean, the last game it was because Jeremy Grant was out. If Bay is ruled out, then, like, are they going to run both DSJ and Saban Lee out there at the same time? Are they potentially going to start Jackson? Are they going to go a little bit smaller going up against Sacramento? It's kind of a tough one to figure out. I think DSJ and Saban Lee are both in play for tournaments, but I wouldn't be surprised if DSJ, with Grant coming back, goes back down to his normal minutes, um, well, his minutes before the last game. Just because Jeremy Grant, I think, is why they ended up playing him in an extended run he started off the game so hot.
0: Fair enough. Um, we continue to roll here. We got the Clippers in Memphis. This is the same game that happened on Thursday. Uh, that wasn't that close. Um, obviously, it's a back-to-back, so we'll be waiting on, you know, some injury news here. If anybody gets rolled out on the second end of a back-to-back, I wouldn't, you know, rule that out. Um Clippers, man, they got they kind of got ran out of the gym by Memphis um on Thursday. We really didn't see like Valentrutas had a good game, but it's not like he broke the slate. Tyus Jones was probably the closest to breaking the slate, almost went 10x. But overall, Grant, like you know, I, I don't see myself like going crazy with this game in general.
1: Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, unless Kawhi or Paul George get ruled out on the second end of the back to back, that's gonna be the deciding factor. Um, if one of those guys gets ruled out, obviously the other guy becomes a great play and potentially Lou Williams, although his price tag is 6,100 is a little bit tough to stomach, but he'll get some extended run there. Could get back up to his high twenties minutes in terms of playing time, which he can beat this price tag pretty good and put up a 40 spot. But yeah, like the Clippers <laughs> and let, if everyone's playing, I don't want anyone in Memphis. Like I'll take a shot on Morant, I'll take a shot on Valanchunas. Like maybe if Brooks gets ruled out, I'm take a shot on it. Anderson for a little bit of extended playing time. But I mean they're running a pretty deep rotation, so no one's really gonna get the playing time they really need in order to crush outside of possibly Morant.
0: Yeah, I just like I think Morant is the guy that I'd go back to the well on. Uh talked about him a lot yesterday. It's just he didn't they just they beat Memphis like Memphis just beat him, man it wasn't like a great game in any aspect for DFS Utah at Miami uh no total in this game we're waiting on some injury news here for Miami that's actually like huge news right because Bam is questionable and Hero is questionable Bradley and Leonard are out but we'll get to the Miami side here in a second Utah is rolling um you know, they're, they're the best team in the NBA this season. Um, and it's probably not close. We'll see if they can continue to do it in the playoffs. But uh, what are your thoughts here when it comes to the Jazz?
1: It bam's out. I'm worried about staying close. Gobert, Mitchell are both fine. Like Clarkson's about priced where he should be. Like, I'm worried about this game staying close. I don't see a ton of upside with Clarkson, considering that his price is not fully adjusted to Conley coming back. Conley is. Probably not going to get over 30 minutes. They should keep him limited. He's fine in tournaments, fine in game stack. Bogdanovich, Ingalls, like not doing the same role as they were when Conley was there wasn't there. Like it's Mitchell and go bare, but I'm worried about this game staying close, especially if Hero and Bam are out. Like Utah is just crushing people. And so yeah, any one of these guys can end up paying value or crushing value, but i'm like the only way i'm using mitchell mitchell and gobert are the only two i want to use and the only way i'm using them is in a game stack because if bam's out then jimmy butler i think becomes a fantastic play and there's a few guys that get a pretty decent uptick so game stack's not out of the question it's just i worry about how close this game's going to stay
0: yeah i think like that is obviously i think that's the biggest concern um in general in this one so you know, for Utah, if you think the game's going to stay close, I think, you know, you're potentially looking at, like, Mike Conley um, at, at 6K. He's at someone that can, you know, go 6-7 X here. I don't hate Rudy Gobert. Um, if Bam is out and this game stays close, like, Butler on the other side of this game would probably be the reason why this game's staying close.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, Butler, I mean, he went on that nice little string of triple-doubles and Missed it by two rebounds the other night. He's been contributing all over the place, been crushing. Look at his last seven, eight games. He's over 50 in most of those, over 60 in a few. He's just been incredible recently, and he's been carrying the team. If Bam's out, then we can expect an increase in usage. He can have a massive outing. Again, I'm worried about the game staying close, so I'd probably bring it back with either Gobert or Mitchell, more likely Mitchell um but yeah if, if bam's out then play butler If bam's in i think you can still play butler and you can still stack up this game because it's more likely that it won't be a blowout um if hero's out i think that you can still play none at 5800 um it's not an easy matchup but he's gonna play a boatload of minutes without hero in there and i think that he could still do pretty well um but yeah it's it's just a It's just a big question mark without Bam there and without Hero.
0: Yeah, I think if if Bam gets rolled out, Olenek is somewhat interesting just for large field tournaments just because he can extend Gobert a little bit. Um, But, like, Chris Silva is back as well, so, like, he could get minutes um, at center. So, I don't know. I think Butler would be the main play. I think Kendrick Nunn. And, uh, you know, Gordon Drogic being back, too, like, how many minutes are they going to let him play? You know, he only played 21 minutes the other night. He's 5,200. Like, are they going to bump him up, like, to 26, 27 minutes at 5,200? Like, he's somewhat interesting if that happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess that's fair. I didn't think about them potentially. I mean, they yeah, the, I think they would normally be pretty careful with him, but I guess the fact that I think they're still on the outside looking in for the playoffs. I mean, I still expect them to make it, but – this is like every game kind of means something more to them now. So I could see them playing Drogic for 30 minutes, cutting down nuns minutes a little bit.
0: Um Atlanta at OKC 223 and a half total here. Atlanta favored by three. Um, Bogdanovich done Hunter out, reddish questionable. Um, Diallo Hill and Horford out for OKC. Let's start here with Atlanta. Uh what do you like here for the Hawks?
1: I like Capella. I know he put up a horrible outing the other night, but he didn't really get a ton of run there. Um, It was simply because they're up 20 points or 20 some odd points at halftime. Like they didn't need to give him a ton of run. They've been playing him for a large amount of minutes recently. And I expect them to play him for a decent amount of minutes here. It's a nice little mismatch. He's going to be going up against Roby. If he plays high thirties minutes, which if this game stays close, I think he does, he can absolutely smash this price tag. Like I've been saying, he's a little bit underpriced for his minutes recently, and it still holds true, and they haven't given him a pricing increase because of the massive blowout in the last game. Trey Young, Trey Young, Trey Young—like literally every single day, he's in play for tournaments. Some days he's a great play. Right now, I think he's just a good play. It's a decent total game, and it's a three-point spread, so no problem with him. If Reddish is out, I think it gives a little bit of an uptick to Her, a little bit of uptick to Gallo, a little bit of uptick to Collins. Any one of them can end up with a big night. Collins would have played more minutes, but. The blowout and the foul trouble. So, I mean, if I have to rank what Atlanta guys I like the most, it's probably Capella, followed by Collins, followed by Trey.
0: Yeah, um, you know, I, I think Capella, he could have a monster game here, um, but he's been kind of hit or miss. I think Trey Young's super interesting. Um, Herder is super interesting here. Gallinari, big game the other night. Like if. Like a lot of that had to do with um, John Collins, but if um, if Reddish sits, I think Gallinari could get um, a little bit more run here. Um, You know, John Collins ended up playing on the second end of the back-to-back the other night after the concussion protocol thing. We didn't think he would, but you know, you got to remember too—they didn't give him his full minutes, so I would assume him to get his full minutes again. But I do think that. If we get news that Reddish is going to sit again, Gallinari is somewhat interesting in this spot, if you think the game's going to stay close. On the Thunder side of things, you know, obviously got SGA, the usage hog on this team. Uh Roby is going to get solid minutes here with Horford out, but he's kind of, you know, right at that price point. What are you looking at here for the Thunder?
1: Yeah, SGA is the main guy. Roby, I think, is in play at tournaments, but you're right, being close to 5K, we don't know if he's going to end up in foul trouble. Wouldn't surprise me at all ending up in foul trouble, going up against Pell and Collins. So it's it's just tough. Like I think SGA is the play. I don't really want to play Basley, Dort, or Malden. Um, like they're they're all going to get their run. They're all going to get some minutes. Like Diallo being out is probably going to give a little bit of usage. A little advanced, these guys, but they're all priced about where they should be. It's a big enough slate where I don't feel a need to play them outside of a game stack. Like you can play, door, you can play Basley, you can play Maldon. um you can play any of these guys because Diallo yeah, not being there is going to be a little bit of uh, usage hole. But I think SGA is just to play. Like he's been crushing. He's had a ton of usage the last three games he's put up 40 61 and 51 in the last three games. He's going to play a boatload of minutes. It's a matchup versus Atlanta who is just absolutely terrible against the one. It's SGA for me really and just including another guy in there in game stack if I'm bringing it back with Trey Young and with Capella just cuz it does give you a little bit of savings and you're hoping on this game staying close which if it does any one of these guys in the secondary piece can do it for you.
0: Um yeah, I I worry just I worry overall uh, on the Thunder here, but I think like the thing that we got to remember here is Diallo's out and like he's a guy that, you know, gets a lot of shots up and plays solid minutes. So like Dort and like Kendrick Williams is probably going to play more minutes here. Kendrick Williams, like thirty five hundred. And if this game doesn't stay close, he probably doesn't get pulled. Um, So. I think he's, you know, somewhat interesting as well. Um, Charlotte at Golden State to, I think it's what, 233 um, and a half total here. Golden State favored by five and a half. Um, no injury report out for this one yet officially, but like Zeller's questionable. Um, and then one of the Martins wins. Um, Caleb Martin's out. What do you like here for Charlotte?
1: Um Hayward match versus Golden State is probably a little bit too cheap. Obviously, Golden State is one of the fastest paced teams in the league right now. Um, should be a lot of points here. I love Lamelo. Like Lamelo has been a little bit off and on, but producing on a pretty consistent basis. Games where they stay close, he and he doesn't get into foul trouble. He ends up playing high thirties minutes. So, like eight point seven K, I think is too cheap of a price tag for him considering the matchup, I think he crushes here. And Gordon Hayward, I know he hasn't been great recently. It's mostly been because Rogier went on that massive tear, and he's definitely taking a little bit of hit with Ro- with Lomelo going into the starting lineup. But I still think he offers a bunch of upside at this price tag. It's kept dropping. It was at 8K earlier this month, and it's all the way down to 6-7. This is the perfect time to drop, hop on board. Last game put up 17 shot attempts. game before that was 15 So he can put up a massive outing. Um, Those would be by far my two favorite guys.
0: Yeah. Like with Graham still out for this game, uh, LaMelo, I could see LaMelo just kind of trying to show up in this game against Steph, but his price just makes him so hard to like get, you know, him and Rozier, like their prices just make it tough to play these guys. Like, I think you're, you're probably looking at these guys more mme. I like the Hayward call a lot. Um, you know he's someone that is not like overly priced in this game. On the Golden State side, I think it's the same two guys we've been talking about. You know, Draymond. You know, we we see an increase with him. We talked about it the other day when Steph is on the floor, and then Steph, like he's 9700, and he's a guy that can have have monster games. So those would be the two guys I'm looking at when it comes to this team. Yeah, it's pretty much
1: just Steph and Draymond. Draymond in there kind of like stepping in there he definitely had a down with it out Steph in there had a pretty big downtick in terms of his assist like with stepping in there he's kind of distributing in this offense a whole lot more has a chance at a triple double most nights 6.9k definitely offers him upside now that he's been contributing a whole lot more with blocks and steals steph is steph like it's Magic versus charlotte which isn't bad and steph can go for 70 any given night like He's too cheap at 9.7K after being over 10K for like the second half of the first half of the season. So it's just a good spot, and he's underpriced. So both of them are very much in play.
0: We finish it out with Portland at LA taking on the Lakers. uh, 220 and a half total here. Lakers favored by five. Uh, Collins, Giles, McCollum, Nurkic out, Anthony Davis out, but uh, Schroeder back. Kuzma, probable. LeBron, probable. Uh, let's start here with Portland. What do you like here for the Trailblazers? Only Lillard.
1: Like, I don't like the matchup for any of these guys. I don't like. I get that Lakers aren't the same defensive team without Davis in there, but they're now still not a bad defensive team. They're not going to run at that high of a pace. Covington's still too expensive. Gary Trent Jr. is where he should be at. Cantor's where he should be at. I don't like this spot for Lillard, but he got a price decrease of about 800 over the last two games. And he's going to shoot the ball possibly 30 times in the spot going up against LeBron. So Lillard's in play for tournaments. I'm staying away from Portland otherwise.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think I'm think i with you. I do think like the matchup for cancer is really good. Um, but the price makes it tough when we have so many center plays that I think could easily outscore him in this one. Um like, the price is caught up to, like, Derek Jones Jr. Um, he's still, like, a potential, like, MME play. On the Lakers side of things, um, you know, it's LeBron. Outside of LeBron, I, I think Schroeder um, at 5,900, assuming that he's going to get, like, his normal amount of minutes here it is super interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just kind of we don't know how he's going to react to COVID. So, um, or was it – they get COVID, you know, it was just protocols, right?
0: I think it was just protocols.
1: Yeah, so he's only been out for a week. Like, I'm not expecting them to limit his time. We know how much usage he's going to get without Davis on the floor. Um, so, yeah, it's Schroeder. Like, LeBron is probably too expensive now. It's 10.7 with Schroeder coming back. He had a pretty big usage without Schroeder and Davis on the floor. But I think his price tag didn't adjust for the Schroeder news. And so, I it. Again, like, this isn't a great game, even though it's a great spot for the Lakers going up against Portland. But everyone's price is kind of where it should be. They've been giving Gasol a decent amount of minutes over the last few games. Like, I think that he could potentially be in play for GPPs if you want to stack up this game. 4.1K is not that expensive and the only reason he didn't get much run at the end of the last game was because it was a blowout. Other than that, he's been 27-24 in the last two games. Matcha versus Cantor, they could give him a little bit of extended run since Cantor is not a great defensive uh, center, and he's a very good offensive center. So they could give Gasol 27 minutes in the spot. He'd be the main guy I want to go take a chance with along with Schroeder.
0: Uh, let's play the morning grind game and then uh, we'll get out of here for the weekend. Let's start it off with favorite play under 5K to 7X.
1: Go with Tristan Thompson.
0: I'm going to go... Oh, man, I hate even saying this, but I'm going to go DSJ. Um, I could be way off here. And Honestly, like...
1: it's... I think if you said DSJ or Saban Lee, you pretty much got a 50% chance of being right.
0: Yeah, like you – I don't know if you play them both together a lot, maybe a little bit, but I think you can make a group where you're making a majority of your teams without playing both of them together. So Uh, – or over 8K to go under 5X, uh, who's your bust at the top today? LeBron. Which I did is so not weird to say against Portland. I know, I didn't see that one coming.
1: I mean, I honestly like he hasn't been playing great recently. Schroeder coming back is just I don't know. I mean, I, I might be way off here, but like I think Schroeder coming back is a little bit too much of a downgrade for him. And I think that like even though it's a great matchup, um his price tag is just a little bit too expensive for me. Maybe it's just because like I'd rather play low, I'd rather play Trey Young Curry all the same like all at cheaper price tags
0: yeah i'm gonna go kind of towards the bottom of this range and say john wall at 8200 oladipo back um i don't trust wall to like go for 40 plus so i'm gonna take john wall I'll worry about the game staying close to uh who's your favorite 6x play today on plumley the plumley the plum dog plum dog millionaire yeah like uh you know this is like an an hour ago it seems like but i'm gonna go to kimba walker at 6200 i really like the price tag on kimba i know he hasn't had a ton of big games but he has gone 6x in two of the last five so maybe we can make that 50 and go three out of the last six uh let's get weird gpp play of the day grant um who do you get who do you get weird with on this slate gordon hayward is that weird enough um, it's a it's a nine game slate, sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just the price tag's gone down so much, and it's just such a good spot.
0: All right. Um, I'm gonna like I, I talked about this guy a little while ago. I'm gonna go Gallinari. Um, I, I don't know if people will be playing a lot of him. Uh, game selection. Anything standing out to you on FanDuel or DraftKings today? yeah
1: not really. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm more of like a, the, there's overlay on superdraft um, their contests, like it's the majority of my play.
0: Fair enough. you know you gotta play where you feel the best. and if that's where you're feeling it, then that's where you're feeling it. Um again, like i've I know I've been talking about this a lot this week, but um had some people reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, talking about like I only talk about like the high entry stuff um, and I've been, you know, talking about like lower entry contests all, all the second half of the week. I'm um, going to finish it out here with the 50K and one over there on DraftKings. Um, you know, we talk about like the 20 entry max stuff a lot for like the $4 tournament. This is a $1 tournament over there on DraftKings. So 20 bucks to make 20 entries. Uh, you can use lineup HQ if you have premium. Somebody's going to take home 2,500 bucks, uh, 27% payouts. Uh, first place is only 5%. Top 10 is only 14.6%. This is a great tournament to start building your 20 entry max strategy and stuff like that. So, um, again, I, I think this one's awesome. You guys can check it out. Um, hopefully the last couple of days for the lower stakes players, um, ha- have helped, and um again I will you know try to mix some of these in more. Um that's all so let's um finish it out here. Anything over the under or against the spread?
1: The Utah line just came out over on DK and it's five point five. Um so Utah minus five point five. I just bet it.
0: There you go. I like it. I'm gonna go <laughs> Like I feel like if you have bet against the Lakers, since Anthony Davis has gone out and just taken points against Lakers, like you're probably pretty profitable. So like, I'm just going to keep doing it Grant. I'm going to go Portland plus five. Um, I'm going to trust Lillard here and uh, Portland's playing really good basketball right now. So I like that one. And I like, I like Phoenix minus five and a half too. Um, I think Phoenix is really strong um, as well. So uh, any other thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no. Good luck.
1: on your, let's, uh, I, I I just want this Denver game to go to overtime.
0: Well, I hope that happens for you. Again, I, really I played the magic. I stopped looking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to wrap it up here for Friday. Hope everyone has an awesome weekend. Um, you know, if you're playing NASCAR, make sure you guys check out the NASCAR package here at Roto grinders. Uh, we got two races this weekend, Homestead, Miami, fun track, high tire wear, steep racetrack which is a ton of fun so uh racing is always good there so that's gonna wrap it up here for friday hope everyone has an awesome weekend good luck in your contest and we'll see you guys again on monday hey kids